Baseball season is right around the corner and Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman will serve as your guides to the good, the bad, and the utterly bizarre corners of the baseball world on Baseball Barbecue. In the run-up to the season, they'll dive into the rabbit hole on some of their favorite fascinations from the home run derby to baseball brawls and more. Once the MLB season returns, they'll break down the latest news and developments with their trademark wit and irreverence. Check out Baseball Barbecue on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. What is going on, real ones? Logan Murdoch here. Raja Bell. Producer Sasha Mack. Asia Wilson in a bit. Also Jomi in a bit. But first, let's get into some pertinent stuff. Raja, um, I remember yesterday when we recorded, we were about to record an uh, interview with uh, the MVP, Asia Wilson. Mm-hmm. It's about an hour leading up, you know. I get a text in the chat. In the chat, Ra Ra may not be here. Someone's in the ER. Ra Ra needs to attend to it. Raja, would you like to tell the story of what happened yesterday when we were about to interview Asia Wilson? Uh, I mean, I guess at this point, whether I want to tell it or not is irrelevant, right? Like, I'm going to tell it. You put me, yeah. So, uh, well, I asked you, I asked you before a pre pod if you wanted to answer these questions, and you said yes. So now you are capping for the audience, but go no, ahead. I'm, I said I wouldn't mind. Okay, yeah. I so real bit. We're out back. Oh, actually, we were in the garage. We were getting a workout. Me and me and my middle son, um, together. Cool dad son type stuff, right? So we go to finish it off in the backyard with um some 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 explosive type of exercises for him, right? As we're trying to develop him, and I didn't realize that he didn't have his shoes on. He had taken them off in the garage. So we we walk down the side of the house. We get to the backyard. And we're doing this exercise where you're on your knees. You have to picture it, right? Like you're on your knees, standing tall with your chest up, and you're going to sink back like with your hips to your your feet, and then you're going to explode up and try to cycle your legs under you and land on your feet, right? Um, It's a good exercise for explosiveness and the core and, and stuff like that. And so as he's trying to do it on a rep, his foot gets caught underneath him as he's trying to come through and get to his feet, specifically his big toe on his left foot. So the rest of the toe is clear and that big toe gets caught under his body weight. And he's a tough kid, high, t- high pain tolerance. And I saw in his face that dad had fucked up and you know, it swole up like a grapefruit immediately. And I was like, Oh shit, I got, I have to take it before my wife gets home. Let me please be preemptive and get this man to the emergency room. Yeah. Was your first uh, initial reaction was, you know, cause I know you're a tough guy. I know you, you know, you played like a tough guy during the league was your first instinct. Like he's, he's good. Don't trip. He's fine. I told he's, him he was fine. I told him he was fine. You're fine. <laughs> wait, fine. wait, wait, wait. I mean, as I a like dad, you're fine. cause yeah. I am not a dad now as a dad, is it more so for you to say he's fine? Like he's fine. He's going to be okay. You're okay. Right. You're okay. Right. Is that the first instinct? There was some of that. Um, it, I was definitely trying to talk that into existence, but Generally speaking, that's my attitude with a lot of stuff. Like last weekend, we were in a tournament and he he went down the middle and he rolled his ankle to the floor. Like I saw it. Ooh. Yeah. Like all of like his Steph weight Like Steph Curry on rolled ankle? Like one of all those? To, to the floor. So he's laying out there and I have to walk out eventually. And I stand over him and I'm like, hey man, you're all right. And he's got tears in his eyes. He's looking at me. And I said, you're all right, right? You're okay. 
And he calmed down and he looked at me and he said, I am all right. And I said, all right, bet. Let's get up. So we went back to the huddle and I'm like, all right, Ty, what, what are we going to do, bud? Like, I, this is on you, man. I can't feel that. He looked at me. I was so his proudest moment. He said, I'm not losing. And I said, there we go, bro. Let me burn this time out and get you to the free throw line, dog. You almost said a thug. You almost said a thug here that time, didn't you? I, I did. I was like really proud. But yesterday he was jacked up. He was. He had hurt himself pretty good. Man, well, I, I, little homie, man, I hope you're good, dog. I don't know how much you listen to this, but I hope you're straight, man. Real one. Bag time. Time to pay the bills. We'll be back. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Now that is out the way. Apparently, we have some apologies to make, Roger. What? Apparently, we have some things that we need to. Um, that's that's what I was told on the timeline yesterday. That's what I've been told for the last week, um, and quite frankly, most of this season. Um, Washington Los Angeles Lakers. If you are a friend of this show, or if you a listener of this show, you know that our resident uh, CMO, Chief Meme Officer, Jomi, um, has been. <laughs> <laughs> on this THT wave has been leading oh, the THT. THT fan club. I'm sorry. THT had a great game last night. He had a tomahawk dunk in traffic. Mm. He had a, a few nice highlight moves with LeBron out, with AD out, with Caruso out. He balled out of control. Now, Jomi, friend of the show, obviously here. You know, he's always on the timeline every time. THT ties his shoes. Anytime THT is shown waving a towel. Anytime THT is shown doing anything on a basketball court, Jomi has something to say. Now, after after THT has done this, Jomi had to come on the show. And let's see what Jomi has to say. We have Jomi coming in. Jomi has his mic. He has his headphones on. He has his wild Laker background of Laker champions. Um... Jomi, what do you have to say right now? Well, first off, um, I just want to say I'm glad that Roger's son is doing all right. You know, Thank you. That's number one. You know, glad to hear that. <laughs> number two, I want I want an apology from from both of you fellas. Um, it could be two minutes, forty five minutes. I've got all the time in the world, right? I need an apology, right? Because I got on this program in December. And I told everybody that THT wasn't just some random second-year player, that he wasn't just some dude, that he has a future in this league. And I was laughed at. I was, I was ridiculed. I was disrespected. I was lied on. If you remember, Sasha, Sasha, if you want to go back to maybe like a couple weeks before I got on the program where Logan Murdoch went and said, Jomi was talking cash about THT in the group chat. He said that I said that Kuzma can get out of town. I'm a THT guy, right? I never said that. I never once said that, all right? I love both my sons equally, right? <laughs> THT, talented Horton Tucker, all right, <laughs> is is just a he's a different he's a different level you know because we've never seen somebody as short as him he's 64 right but he's 240 pounds he's got a 71 wingspan all right the dude can tie his shoes standing up all right he's just like a different physical specimen and you see it right the way he can finish around the rim right get past guys on the on the dribble you know what i'm saying he's got a step back all right he's got vision you know, but y'all didn't want to see it. Y'all didn't want to see it when I saw it in December. Now look at him, right? On Tuesday, the man, he had, he had, a, he had a rough game, you know what I'm saying? With the turnovers in OT, you know, like looking at, watching the game, you're like, I, mean, I don't know. But the kid stepped up. He stepped 
up even with back-to-back turnovers in overtime versus the New York Knicks, who, by the way, are excellent defensively, right? He came back and hit a game-winning three, all right? And then tonight on Banner Night, where the Lakers raised their 17th championship, no LeBron, no AD, no Caruso, no Schroeder, 23-10, and 10 on their heads. Come on now. Give my man some respect. Logan, would you like to address this? I feel go like ahead, you should address it. I feel like you would you I like should address, address it. it? I, yeah, I, want you to address yes. it. I just want you to address it. I want you to address right. it first just for the sake of like we haven't heard your voice all podcast and then I will and then I will grow it. Go ahead. First of all, um Jomi. Yes. Talent Horton Tucker is a nice player. Great player. Especially yeah. for mm-hmm. a second year player. Yep. That's good. Really good. I want to just take a moment to recollect about what I've said about him. Mm-hmm. I think my stance on Talon Horton Tucker has always been he wouldn't get in the way of me having executed a deal for Kyle Lowry. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that I don't believe him to be a, a good NBA player one day. I said I don't think he's going to be a star NBA player in this league, and I will stick firm to that. And at the same time, I can say to you, I've watched him play. He has yeah. a nice skill set. He yeah. really does. He played really mm-hmm. well um, when it really mattered in in the in the Knicks game, and mm-hmm. he played great last night. And he's playing. They're asking him to kind of learn on the fly, playing the point guard position. He's got a really well rounded offensive skill set. I want to come back to the like we've never seen anyone built like him. Do you what? What the hell are you talking about, man? This is a league full of freaks of athletic ability and stature. You gonna tell me you've never seen someone? 6-4 with long arms that could tie their shoes standing up. Stop. Not, that's rhetorical. That's not, don't do it. Don't, don't even go there. I'm not even going to. Um, right? So I do, <laughs> I do believe he's a nice player. I think it's a great story. I just don't. Mm-hmm. My thing with THT is I don't know that the upside is NBA All-Star. And so okay. for that reason, I wasn't going to be losing out on a possi- possible swing of Kyle Lowry to protect mm-hmm protect him personally lastly yeah. lastly this is my last point logan i want you to go you guys remember the name ronald flip murray i do yeah for sure flip was like one of the league leaders uh in points a game one year i think when 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 there was an opportunity for him i think he was with seattle at the time and ray allen might have been hurt and um Rashard Lewis was down or maybe Rashard was playing. He got buckets. He was super gifted offensively. Like you give him the ball, even until his last days, you know, when I was playing with him in Charlotte in the NBA, he could still get you buckets. Um, There are a lot of guys that grace the NBA that can do a lot of shit with the ball and get buckets. I'm not saying he's Flip Murray, but I'm saying that's not an uncommon thing to see someone come out of nowhere that's super talented and be able to get buckets and and play the game. There's a lot of other things that go into whether or not you become a star. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so, Jomi. Yes. You have to put this into context, brother. Mm -hmm. Context, yeah. Uh, (laughs) When you came here, speaking that gas, Mm -hmm. in December, Mm -hmm. it was... Am I not if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, Roger? Wasn't it after the preseason? Wasn't it after it was preseason after game? Preseason, it was after yeah. a preseason game. Yeah. Okay. It was after a preseason game. He had yep. scored twenty points against. Guys that are not going hard, Raja can attest. No one, sure it was no 30, one really continue. goes. No one goes hard in preseason. So at the time, you were saying he's the second coming of. He's the Messiah. He is all these people, and I just we just said you need to relax. You need mm-hmm. to relax. That's fair, right? That's fair. He had one good, one or two good games in the playoffs, and he had two good preseason games. You were talking about him being damn near a franchise cornerstone. In December, <laughs> we just said you needed to relax. That's I it. And one of the biggest Laker fans in this thing, right? I, I mm. this has been on record. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. want THT to succeed. Mm-hmm. I am just saying you need to relax because I just, you know, I remember me being that way towards certain some certain guys. I, I remember the Andrew Bynum gas. Okay, now Andrew Bynum was Andrew Bynum two-time NBA champion with the Lakers? I'm saying that yes, but was he the star that everyone said that he that Jim Buss said he was going to be? Was he? Mm. He was not. Okay. I have a question for you. No, I have a, I have a couple more questions for you, sir. I, okay. Because yeah, I've been thinking ahead, about this all I, night. I, I, too, I do have a question. I would go. I have ask, a couple go. more questions for you. 
I was thinking about this and I compiled a list, Raja. I compiled a list, Jomi, uh-huh. of who THT is better than in your eyes, right? Oh, there we go. This is where I'm getting. Yeah, perfect. Okay. How much time do we have? There's like 500 is, NBA players. Do I got to name them all? <laughs> is, is THT better than Kyle Lowry right now? Look, well, you, you this is a, that's a great but, point. But I'm, that, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad you brought this up. No, no, no. Wait, wait, hold on. This is yes or no. This is yes or no. It's a yes or no. It's a yes or no. It's a yes or no. I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad you brought this up. I have more questions for you. I have more players. I got a question for you. Where where? So the season ends on Sunday. Where's Kyle Lowry going? Okay, no. All right, he's not better. Where's he going? Second question. Second question. Second question. Is THT better than Kobe Bryant? Well, I just, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's Kobe Bryant. Yes or no? Yes or no? In year two. Oh, my God. Cut him off. Cut his mic. No, no. Okay. (laughs) Cut his mic. No, no, I have more questions. I have more questions. Don't worry about it. I mean, I feel like these are ridiculous questions. Is is THT going to be the next Jerry West? I mean, he's probably going to win more championships than Jerry West. So, you know, I don't is know if we make be him a logo, than... but, you know, we can have a discussion later in his Hall of Fame speech. Okay. <laughs> is THT going to be better than Anthony Davis when it's all said and done? Well, I don't know if uh, THT has that, uh, you know, defensive player of the year type no. of potential. Um, but, is, you know, no. We is, can talk about it. Is you know. THT... In 10 years, going to be a franchise cornerstone. And in 15 years, get his jersey retired in Staples Oh, yeah. Well, when the Lakers three-peat, okay, and then, you know, LeBron retires. You know, Anthony Davis is in, like, the fourth, you know, year of his contract. And Anthony Davis is looking around like, you know, it's me and THT. Who else can we put around us, you know, to win? You know what I'm saying? I think think we can get death. Again, you know. Is THT better than Kyle Kuzma right now? Right now? Not well, because Kyle Kuzma's improved a lot okay. in terms right. of like you're, a defender. You're, 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 listen, and what do you you ask me? I'm trying to answer your questions. You asking me questions? I'm trying to answer your questions. All right. I'm saying is all this stuff and all this jibber jab is not is showing me that he is not. He's not even better listen, than Kyle, not, he's not better than Kyle listen, Lowry. Listen. He's not better than all these well, people. Too, say all this Wait, listen, gas that you are Logan, you are you are, using, is, you are listen, using names like. You got to find some names that are more in that man's like category, bro. <laughs> okay, right. You're right, using right. I'm just making that man. Well, that's how delusional. Yes, I got it. It's I'm making well a made. point it's... that he is delusional and that all this stuff even... that he is saying needs to, he needs to relax. Cat, is all I'm making that. It's a couple of things. It's a couple of things. One, right? A lot of contending teams don't have the chance to develop talent like this, right? When you when you want to win, when you're trying to win chips, right? You usually send away young talent. Or you have you you send them off so you can have vets, right? The Lakers, for whatever reason, are championship contenders and have a chance to develop this really young, talented twenty-year-old kid, right? That's one. Two, more importantly, Kyle Lowry's like thirty-six. He's you know he's not, <laughs> but he he's an old man. All right, it's probably cheaper and makes more sense, right, to have a young THT on a bench, ready to go. You know what I'm Joe, saying? Who could do Joe multiple me. things. Joe He's, wait, wait, hold on. I'm not done. That's that's two. And three, more <laughs> importantly, Logan, you got up here talking about how you you the biggest Laker fan out here in these streets. Cap. I'm calling Cap, right, for a number of reasons. But first and foremost, you know what I'm saying? You always talking about, you know, you – I don't know, man. You always tweet about the Warriors and stuff, you know. Steph's your boy. Kevin. You call him Kevin. <laughs> Uh, right? Uh, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I don't know. Can we uh, trust your Lakers fandom? Let's talk about it. Oh, let's okay. just speak right, on it. All right. There we go. Deflecting. Here we go. Good job. Good Deflect- job. You were clearly Listen. wrong on a lot of different things and you want to come back wrong. at me and my stuff. The point is that I believe in Talon Horton Tucker's future. Right? I think that he, I don't know if he's an all-star, but I think he can make a really, I'm really, sorry. really I'm sorry. good point in this tr- league. He could have gotten traded Ta- for an all-star. Ta- yeah, nah, that's nah, not even like, bro. come on, man. Come on, bro. Come on. I'm not come here on. for that. Talon, Talon, here for Horton, that. Talon Horton Tucker or R.J. Barrett? Hey, look. Uh, who hit the right game-winning three on, on Ta- Tuesday? Talon, I, I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm aware of the situation I'm asking you. He hit one, and then and then R.J. came down and looked like he was lost because there was no space around him and threw up something to hit the side of the backboard. Yeah. I'm asking yeah. you, if you had a choice, you take Talon Horton Tucker or R.J. Barrett? I'm taking THT all day. Zion all Williamson day. or THT. Okay, okay. 
What kind of question is that? John ja Morant <laughs> or THT? Because that's how the gas that you give him. That is the gas that you give him. I'll, look, for a guy came out, came out, right? And you talking about how NBA doesn't have players built like him. He's literally the heaviest player at his height with his length in NBA history, I believe. Right? So <sighs> nobody been built like him. So I was I I did my research. I was out here. I was out here on the the NBA basketball reference. All right. Okay. Okay. All I'm All saying right. is Let's stop the disrespect on Talon Horton Tucker. So, because because right now, as I'm on Basketball Reference, they have him at six four two thirty five. He's lost and, some weight. He's lost and, some weight. And PJ Tucker is six five two forty five. He lost some weight. So, but like, it's literally right life, there. I literally just life, looked that up. With his who's better? You're not thinking about who's his better life. in their prime right now? Who's better in their prime? TJ, uh, PJ Tucker or Talon Horton Tucker? Talon Horton Tucker's not even in his prime yet. See, this is just the surface. All right, bro. You understand what I'm saying? This is All just right. the beginning. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Can, like, you can I see the iceberg. This it's like, tell me that's anyway. ridiculous. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. The Talon Horton Tucker iceberg, you can only see the tip. You know what I'm saying? There's a huge, huge ice under the surface. I need Lakers fans to be really excited that you found a, a potential piece. And I do agree with you. He could be a piece of stuff moving forward that is a, a part of your foundation. And when you find those and they don't come through the draft and, and they were relative diamonds in the rough, you got to be really excited about that. You got to mm -hmm. be, be really fired up if you're an organization uh, and a fan base. So for that, I agree with you because I do think he's a very good player. I think he's going to be a really solid NBA player for a long time. He has that skill set. I, I don't know what the star... I don't know what the ceiling is on stardom there. That's all I'm saying. So I I, I can co-sign on some of it, but I gotta I gotta ask you to like you know tap the brakes occasionally. And you know what, Roger? And I appreciate that. I, I honestly appreciate that. You know, because you see the vision. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't know where he could go, but you understand that like he's got, the kid's got a future in the league. Say I see you, Logan. I'm still waiting on your apology, man. You you didn't you didn't. Oh, that you, wasn't well, an apology. That was no, not that an was apology. not an apology. See, no, that you, was not an apology. No, I, that was no, not an apology. Roger, I don't need an apology from you. Okay, I need okay. one from Logan. I need right. one from Logan. <laughs> Like I, I, what is like, it? What I am I apologizing one. for again? You, you first of all, you lied on me. You said that Sasha could pull the tapes. Sorry, Sasha sorry for lying on tapes. you. Apologize <laughs> for lying on you. How about that? And then two, THT. Look, you're not going to get it. Would I trade him for Kyle Lowry? Absolutely not. Would I trade him for Giannis in like a couple of years when you oh know things look a little okay. dark on the water? Oh, okay, <laughs> that's a. You know what I'm saying? Now, this, is like, this is like Mike, this is like this is like. This is like when Warriors fans tried to say, like, and it was written too, when Warriors fans were like, Alan Smilagic could be a great third option alongside Giannis when the trade. Oh, hey, how, da how dare you? So, put put THD's name near Alice, uh, whatever you, you just said. How dare you? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jomi, our, our CMO. Let's get on to some other stuff. Speaking of RJ Barrett and Orange and Blue Skies, the Knicks are in the playoffs. Not even playing, playoffs. Mm. Tim's are in the air. Orange and blue skies are flourishing. Spike Lee is excited. Raja, does your inner Nick fan, however small it is, are you excited right now? I'm excited. I'm excited for the Knicks. I'm excited for the for the city. Um, you know, I'm excited. For my family, man, my wife and her family that are from from New York, and they all love the Knicks. It's all great. Here's here's the here's the problem. I'm excited for Worldwide West, and you know, and and Leon and everybody up there. Like that's a it's a great job. It's a great story. The trajectory again is what what you want to be seeing if you're a Knicks fan. Now comes the harsh reality, though. That's not it's not going anywhere in the playoffs. Like you made the playoffs, and that's dope. But when you watch the Laker game the other night, that's going to be their issue in the playoffs. Mm. Is you don't, you know, you you have, with all due respect to D. Roach, who's been a phenomenal story. If it's going to devolve into, okay, Julius Randle can't get a bucket because AD is locking him up. Kudos to AD. He did a great job down the stretch on 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 uh Randle. But um if if the only other place you have to go is seeing if D. Rose can run around and get a bucket, New York, we have a problem offensively and they're great defensively and you know I buy into that shit like I I am I think you can win a lot of games 
in the regular season with just defense and hard work and hustle and toughness. But then in the playoffs, you got to have bucket getters, man. You have to have cats that can bona fide bucket getters. Um, and so that's going to be a problem for the Knicks. But I am excited for him. I think it's a dope story. Um, I'm fired up as, as for whatever fraction of me as a Knicks fan. You know what? Knicks fans as a whole from, you know, we got Kid Marrow. You know, we have, we have Monica McNutt. We have all these people that are Knicks fans. By and large, they don't give a shit about what's going to happen in the playoffs. They're just happy to be there. They are, and and I that. can respect that. I can respect that energy. Mm-hmm. Just happy to be in there. And I have not been to the Garden for a Knicks game. Um, I've only seen the Knicks on the road. What is the league like, Raja? And what is it like as a player when the Knicks are good? It's not something that you think of. I mean, it's not something that you think about ever. But when you're when you're going to play in the Garden, you know, when we would have that afternoon game in the Garden, um, you know, and and you're coming down and 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 a lot of teams now have this the the theater kind of mode where you know the Lakers were the next team to start it, where the crowd kind of goes dark and then the court is lit up. But for a while, mm. it was just the Knicks really that practiced that. I mean, it was, you felt like you were on, you know, Broadway, center stage. Like, this is what, this is what it's about. And then, you know, obviously everybody knows Spike Lee. Everybody sees the stars sitting courtside. The arena, the arena energy is off the charts. And like, I've always told you why I respected it was because I knew they were basketball fans. Because if you were on the opposing team and they were booing the hell out of you and, you know, chastising you and giving you that work, but you had 17 and the third and, that whoever the Knicks player was couldn't check you. Like you'd start to get some respect thrown your way from a Knicks fan. You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. even though they're still cheering for the Knicks, they mess with good basketball. So like that, you always appreciated that. It's a great building. It's a great. It's a great atmosphere. Was um when what what is the difference? You say like Celebrity Row and things like that, and you know it's obviously a buzz there. What is the difference between a buzz? at Madison Square Garden as opposed to a buzz at Staples Center? Because it seems like the same vibe that you just described with celebrities and also people that are like, it's just a moment when you play there. But what is the difference for you when between those two crowds? Um, it's more intimate in, in, in the garden. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lakers, obviously, there's, you know, there's some star-studded um, crowds and some cool people watching that goes on at those games, you know? You, you know, even when you're in the NBA, you're like, oh, shit, look, that's that's such such. You know what I mean? It's Denzel uh, right there across. Denzel, across yeah, minutes. right. Like Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall was like like a good friend of mine, bro, from sitting down on the end of the court talking shit with Penny and Jimmy. And like those are, you know, you get to know people. It's it's a cool vibe. But the, the garden is way more intimate. It's a smaller space. Um, the fans are right on top of you um, the way it's built. And so there's an intimacy to that. It makes you. You know, it kind of takes you back, if you will. It's, it doesn't feel necessarily like an NBA arena, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, there's an intimacy there. So that's that's the difference. I mean, you know, LA's got those stars too. I mean, it's the difference between LA and, and like LA's got New a York. little a little griminess to it, right? A little a little a little shit with it. And New York's just kind of, you know, pretty people, top down. Mm, okay. You know, we're out here. You know I mean? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for Knicks fans. Okay. I'm just, I, I, they deserve it. Um, good for them, man. You know, I Absolutely. hope that, they, I hope, I hope that they find, like, I really want them to be a factor. I hope that, you know, New York is one of the places that we need to go to, you know, that I hope that that is a thing. Who are they pulling right now? I don't have it in front of me. Who would they get if they, if it were to fall today? They are a six seed, so they would be playing the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, you know, I'm gonna just say it: Bucks and Bucks and six, Bucks and six. Anyway, um, it's gonna be an entertaining. I think it'll be an entertaining series. Uh, well, yeah. So good for the Knicks. Shout out to the Knicks. Sure, happy for them. Um, ruin of the week. Now, I did. Uh, I did a young Juan T. Okay, he got his guaranteed deal. Oh, good for uh, you, bro. Yeah. Got a guaranteed deal going into uh it starts today on Thursday. So shout out to him. Asia said her mother. You I mean it was a re- you know, you you you're on the spot now. You have to yeah. give somebody you have to do a deep real one of the week. It's on you. I see your eyes are percolating right now. You're on the spot. Uh, yes. You need to figure this shit out. I don't have a real one of the You know what? Week. I got one. I got one. I got one. I got one. Jomi wants a real one of the week too. But one second. I got one. Raja's middle son, real one of the week, bro. 
I was going to say, Ty week. Bell, real run of the week for sure. Yeah, real run of the week. Well done. Jomi, well done. Who's your real one of the week, bro? My real one of the week goes to one of my favorite people in the entire world, Crystal Fujimoto. She just gave birth to twins uh, yesterday. My boy Keith, he runs the socials with me um, on Ringer NBA and the Ringer, and he is now a father of three. So congrats to them. Uh, Coltrane and Clyde came in yesterday. Ooh. Real beautiful. Oh, Coltrane and Clyde. You love okay. those names, right? Uh, right? Keith and Crystal rocked it. Shout out to them. I love That's you guys. I'll, I'll see you soon when it's all safe and um, well to do. But uh, yeah, real happy. Crystal's my real one of the week. There we go. Dang. All right. Let's get to Asia Wilson, who we talked about the WNBA season. We talked about her, her mental in the bubble therapy. We talked about the upcoming season. Really deep conversation, man. Real one. Asia Wilson, friend of the show. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20 for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerMBA. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerMBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's poppin'? Real ones. Logan Murdoch here. No riser today, but we have a really, really special guest. We have a we have Shea Serrano's favorite player. We have uh, WNBA Rookie of the Year. We have an MVP. We have a future Olympian. We have Asia Wilson in the building. What's up, Asia? What's up? What's up? Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you too, man. How you doing? I see your setup right now. What's going on here? Where are we? Where are we? In somewhere in Vegas? Well, where are we? Where I just are we right now? I had to get my COVID testing, and now I'm in my locker room. So if you guys hear anything, it's probably my teammates coming in here going crazy. But um, I'm here in Vegas. Season's starting this weekend. So, yeah, you already know we're, we're here. What's it like going into this season, right? I mean, you guys are coming off a, uh, a WNBA Finals berth, but you guys have some additions. We'll get to the subtractions in a second. But you have some additions back on the team with Liz Campage and um, Chelsea Gray. How are you feeling going into this season as opposed to last season when you guys were um, undermanned? I mean, I, I feel pretty much the same because when when we were undermanned, you know, that was where I felt the most comfortable because it's just like that underdog. Like, you didn't have that pressure on you. You could just go out there and do you and be you. So um, I'm pretty much feeling the same. I'm glad we're not in a bubble. I think I'm more happy about that than our additions. But, but um, yeah. I truly, like, adding Liz, adding Chelsea, adding our rookies, Adding all these different people, it's been great to kind of just mesh with them in a way that we could get things going and pick up where we left off last year, um, which was a, I absolutely hate going out like that. But it was a good teaching point for me and my teammates as well. So uh, I'm excited just to head into this weekend and really get the season started. You talked about, uh, you know, the difference in, you know, going into each season in terms of like, you know, COVID versus not covid uh, right. the protocols and wobbles. How has it been different for you uh, mentally just going into a season where you're going to be going into an arena every day? You're going to be traveling again. You're not going to be sequestered into this small space for however many months. Uh, does that, how does that different for you? And how do you feel now? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a huge, it's like a different approach to even like mentally wrap your head around something that's just like being in the bubble and not being in the bubble. And I think it, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a difference until I left the bubble and I was in like an airport with other people. And I'm like, 
like stay away. Yeah. Like this is this is not it. But now, you know, we have strict protocols that we have to abide by. So there's a little safety in there. But at the same time, you know, I'm I'm actually enjoying that I'm not in the bubble because now I can kind of use my outlets that I didn't have in the bubble to kind of take my mind off of what's going on throughout the season. So it's hard uh, because protocols are really strict. But at the same time, I can still kind of see my puppies in between games and my parents become see me. So it's kind of like you get those little mini wins uh, within the big picture. So I can appreciate those. What was it like when, you know, you, you guys are, you know, you guys losing in the, in, the, in the finals, but then you're about to leave the bubble. What are the range of emotions when you are going, you know, you lose and you lose probably the biggest, one of the biggest games of your life. And then, but then you got to go to the real world after, you know, three, four months of being in sequestered in a bubble. Like how, how, what are the range of emotions immediately after losing? And I know I hate yeah. that question because, you know, the athletes hate that question, but like, <laughs> what was the immediate, immediate uh, response after losing for you? I mean, it was tough. It was really, really tough. Just like, of course, losing is always hard, especially being swept. Like, it's one of those feelings where I'm like, dang, like, I don't feel like I gave enough because if I did, I feel like we would have at least won one game. So it's really hard in that situation. But at the same time, it was one of those like bittersweet moments where it was like, all right, we get to leave the bubble. Like, we're done here. Like, where's my flight? Can you book it? Let's go. I don't want to be in this place right now. But I mean, I have to credit IMG. They, they Their hospitality was great uh for the time that we were there and i can really appreciate that so um it was tough of course losing getting swept it was really really hard um i'm still i still think about it pretty much every single day i'm like damn i really got swept like she i couldn't get one game in um but at the same time you know that emotion was like still like okay i get to go home i get to see my family um i get to kind of get back to being normal so it was in between it was bittersweet (laughs) you talked about um you know i was reading your players tribune uh article right before this podcast and you were very um f- you were very honest about your feelings you know one in the bubble and dealing with uh depression in the bubble which honestly doesn't seem like <laughs> it doesn't seem like the biggest surprise in the world that you were that you were feeling down during that time but what was it like for you to uh be honest about being uh, depressed and then being honest about your mental health struggles during that time was it was it hard was it uh was it easy to put pen to paper? What was that process like for you? Um, it was honestly very, very tough to uh, talk about it. Even the day that it dropped, I was like, I like anxiety. Cause I'm just like, do I want the world to know this about me? Cause like mm-hmm. when people see me, when they see the accolades, they're like, Oh, she's perfect. There's nothing could be possibly going wrong with her because she has everything that she could imagine. And it's not quite like that. It's, it's so much deeper than that. And it's like, that piece was just scratching the surface of like just my life in general. But I was glad that I could share it because it communicates with people that, that I'm still human. Like it makes it kind of like a showing being vulnerable in that way kind of makes it easier for people to relate to you, to gravitate to that young black girl that may be going through the same thing, that's feeling the same thing to understand that a player like myself or other women in the W go through it as well. So it was easy. Cause I'm like, okay, I could help somebody, but it was tough because, you're letting, and the world is so cold, you're letting like yeah. complete strangers into your whole mental and your life. So that's tough. So, yeah. but I mean, I kind of went through with it. I had a great support system behind me and every day is a fight and a battle. So that's, I'm just climbing that mountain. You say, you know, that, you know, people might think they see your accolades and say, oh, she's perfect. She has a great life. What I see is somebody that is um, dealing with a lot of stuff that's very new to her right now, right? You're 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 obviously one of the best players in your sport. You but you have you're an MVP, but you have to deal with everything that comes along with that, right? The I don't I, I'm just assuming, but like you know, I, I would just say personal stuff is like the pressures of um, you know, making it out of your circumstance and maybe, you know, uh, you know, maybe survivor's remorse because of that, right? What are some right. of the things that you were feeling in that moment where like, oh man, it ain't all peaches and cream. I got it. I'm really dealing with stuff right now that I have to figure out. And what was that like? What is that process like where people think you're doing so well and then you're not really, and you really need uh, mental health help. Right. I think the biggest thing was just like, I just felt really like disrespected, honestly, uh, in a way that's like when I was watching TV in the bubble and it was like before our season even started, 
people were talking and like they're on media and they're just expressing it. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm waiting for the aces. Like I'm waiting for them to say something about us. Like, I'm like, all right, what are they going to say about us? Right. And then they just kept highlighting the fact that we were shorthanded. And I'm like, the disrespect, like we're still professional athletes. We wouldn't be here if we weren't elite at what we do. And that just like fueled my fire. And I wanted it so bad that I was like, I was consumed in it. I was like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. And I was battling with self-neglect. Like I forgot about myself. Mm. I forgot about Asia because I was so worried about, all right, I got to prove them wrong. Oh, I got to do this for my teammates. Oh, I got to make sure they're good. And I forgot and like slowly pieces of Asia was chipping off because I mm. neglected myself. So for me, that was like where I was just like, okay, I cannot do this. Cause then it trickled over into my personal life once I got out of the bubble. And that's mm. when I knew for sure that I needed help. Like, that's when I was just like, I need help because I didn't want that. Like, you know, you got to compartmentalize your life, you know, like you got to have yeah. your social life, yes, and your per- like your work, then everything. So once my life started to combine, I was just like, okay, I need help. And that was the biggest moment was just like when it affected me around my parents and I didn't want my parents to see me like that. I would have anxiety attacks or all I would want is my mom. And it was something that I was just like, I really need help. And I just seeked out for it. The ACE helped me. And I have an awesome therapist. And I'm like, that's that's like my girl. Like, that's it. And I, I can greatly appreciate her. So it was moments like that where I just cared for everyone that I didn't. I forgot about myself. Now I wanted I want to get to therapy in a second because you did say something that was that was that was really interesting. But uh, one question that I do want to ask this is an athlete centered question around that type of what you were talking about um, is how athletes internalize stuff, um, and we you know it, athletes internalize things and you're expected to internalize them in a positive way, but it doesn't do great right. for your mental right. Like it doesn't um, you know you you wind up looking for stuff for motivation, but again it doesn't help you. Like in what ways were you actively looking for criticism versus it was coming to you during that time when you were internalizing all that stuff? Oh, every day, every single day. And that's why I had to like take myself away from Twitter during playoffs. I had to just really just like get it out of my life because I was at a point where I was just like, Ooh, I'm waiting for somebody to say something just so I can prove it wrong or just so I can Was you searching your name? Was you searching your name? (laughs) I searched my name like once in college because I felt like some Mississippi State fans were saying something about me and their app button was broken. So I was mm. like, what's good? <laughs> mm. But no, like I, I'm really not that type because I'm just like, that's where that's where the truth lies. And I'm like, I'm good there. But that's okay. I was like, what's good? Like, who's saying something? Let me prove them. And like I didn't really realize that that was not healthy for me. Like, that's not good. Once you get to that, it's not good. So once I got past that, I was like, you know what? Like, it's okay. Everything's going to be all right. Like, I can get through this. But yeah, like you said, like, it's to a point where you're fighting stuff just so it can keep you going. When It's all from within. Like, that just comes from the heart. You talked about how it trickled over off the court. Was you just popping off at people and stuff? Like, was you just like, was you flinching at people at the end of the season? Like, what were you doing? To, <laughs> what were you doing where it spilled off to the, to, the, uh, to the outside of the court when you, you know, you guys weren't playing? Yeah. I mean, I just felt like I was just sitting on pins and needles. Like I did never felt like myself. Like I would laugh and it would be like smile, but I constantly felt, felt like I had to put on this mask. Like I wasn't mm. being me. And I absolutely hate that feeling. Cause that I, I don't like my teammates don't deserve that. Like that that's, they absolutely do not deserve that. And if I can't keep it a hundred and be myself, then I, I shouldn't be in the, I shouldn't be in that moment. And that was a tough part for me. Like I just didn't feel like me and I was just trying to just balance and juggle all these things. And they were crashing down while I was trying to do that. So it was tough, but you know, my circle really rallied around me and really helped me push through a lot of things. I, I, I see an image of, you know, when you won the MVP and your commissioner is telling you and you're just overcome with emotion Right. Now that I know what I I kind of know now, like what were your emotions when you did win the MVP? You're crying, but like you're in a bubble and all these things. Were you were you did you feel like you were going through depression and things like that during that exact moment? Or like was there like a happiness mixed with a lot of other stuff? What was the emotions going through winning the MVP? Yeah. I mean, the biggest was I was I was over I was overwhelmed with joy. Like it was just so much joy and happiness because I wasn't supposed to be there. Like my name, my name was not in the conversation and it got to a point where I believed it. 
Like I was just like, maybe I do, like maybe this it is someone else. And like that's when I was just like, no, like I can't, I can't do that to myself. I'm cheating myself. So when my when she was reading off my stats, I was just like, wow, like this is this is surreal to me. Like it's incredible to even think about that I'm in this situation right now. So it was a lot of happiness. And for me to celebrate it with my teammates that I could call my parents in and they were like hollering and screaming on the phone. I'm like, oh, like this is truly a happy moment. So that was like one of the highs. And my name okay, is forever cool. in the history book. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and so um, talking about therapy, I want to get back to that. When did you start? And like, what has been the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in therapy? Um, ooh, I kind of started talking in the bubble, like towards the end around playoffs, because I knew it was a lot of like a lot of like a lot of commotion around and I needed to tune out. But um, as I started doing it, I started understanding that it's OK to not be OK. Like, it's OK to just have a bad day. And having someone that's not an that unbiased ear that's just listening and really want to be like, hey, like, dig a little deeper. Like, what, what, how was your day really today? And it's okay to be like, hey, it sucked. Like, it, it was awful. I don't want to do it again. Like, no. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing is like, for myself, I always feel like I have to be portrayed as this happy go lucky girl that's always jolly and hey, smiles. And realistically, no. Like, well, I you, you're the homie, you're the homie that, uh, that, you know, everybody go to you for advice, but you're like, well, what about Asia? Uh, uh, right. Who's going right. to help Asia? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, it's just like constantly there. But you're the homie that like, get all the gossip, huh? You're the homie that get all the gossip. <laughs> they just the like, Asia, <laughs> you get all the tea. <laughs> but when you want to spill the tea, who's there to spill the tea with you? Where could Asia go? <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's the biggest thing that I learned about myself. And I'm like, I love it because I wouldn't be able to be here talking to you about it. So it's it's progress. I, uh, I'm i doing therapy. I've been doing therapy for about two years. And I think the biggest thing that has um, helped me is just learning how to give myself grace and give myself yeah. like, yo, man, it's OK. I, I listen to this rapper named Larry June and he's always like, good job. Good job. And he promotes like, good job, Logan. Good job, Asia. Right. But I honestly say that around my like around myself when I'm right. alone and stuff, just to, to keep myself, um, you know, up and, and upbeat. Yeah. What are some of the things that you have done to give yourself grace and how you think that's going to help you on the court? How has that helped you so far on the court during this short time you've been doing therapy? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is just, you know, the power of the tongue, like how, how what we say, how we say it, it's so it can be so real and so true. So with me, I'm just staying true with myself and being honest with myself. Like if I'm having a bad day, I'm gonna try ways to dig out of it. But if it doesn't work, I'm having a bad day. So just my biggest thing is telling in from within. Like I lose sight of who I am deep down inside, and I lose sight for a lot of other things. So for me, just being truthful and honest with myself from within. That's what's up. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> Won't he do it? Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> what? What? Is, <laughs> how is it? Um, you know, uh, switching gears because we do. I do want to uh, get into a, a few things about you know this season. Um, you know, last time we talked about. Last time we talked, it was about how the W is supposed to be covered and how it's supposed to be marketed. You have been a part of a rollout with Sweetie, which was pretty tight. Um, how was the, what was that? What was that like? That was a really big commercial. And that's something that, you know, one of the big steps where obviously the WNBA can do a lot on their part, but you know, it, it has to be a, a bigger it has to be more than just one entity doing things. So what was it like for a big rollout like that to happen? What was it like to, you know, do a commercial with Sweetie, which was tight? <laughs> yeah, it was super dope. Like, just being in the moment and seeing the worlds, like, collide. Because, you know, athletes love music. You know, musicians love the game. So just to be a part of that is, like, seeing the worlds cross-brand was something that was just so dope to be in the moment and to see it all roll out. To see it, like, actually saying to myself, like, wow, like, I'm a legit in a music video. Like, this is pretty dope. Like, this is everywhere. So um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, definitely different. Like, you know, the worlds are different, similar in some ways, but, like, really different on the, both ends of the spectrum. So it was cool Word. to be in it. Um, hopefully Video Vixen A could be in more, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about also, like, you know, you, you've been a part. I think you've been a part of, you know, you've been part of the Nike rollout and stuff like that. Do you think that the, that companies are still starting to come around to marketing women 
and I know there's a long way to go, but do you think that, you know, the companies have made strides over the last year? Yeah, I feel like it's it, in due time it will happen. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of like a put a money where your mouth is. And don't just talk the mm. talk, but walk the walk. Like, especially now where it's about empower women, empower women. Like, that's the move that we're on, especially the black woman. Um, she's being more brought out there, more at the forefront. It's 2021, so thank goodness. But um, it's it's one of those situations where it's like in due time, we'll really see what companies are really talking or talk. I'm, I'm honored to be sponsored by and, and to partnered with such companies that are so open with it um, within like Mountain Dew and Nike and things like that. So I'm happy to be a part of it, but we'll see what other companies are talking about for sure. All right. Now, I forgot to ask this last time I talked to you and I kicked myself in, in the foot about this. Um, so when you put the Nike rollout out, right, when you were uh, when you were marketing the Nike shoe, um, it, it looked like a pump fake to me because I thought you were getting your own shoe. You feel me? I thought you were going to get the, I thought the Air Asians was coming out. And and, you know, and, I, and you and the post, you know what you did. You know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> when we when we get into Air Asia's, bro, when Nike dropping the Air Asia's, what's popping? What's going on? We we gotta we gotta talk to Nike. They we gotta go there and have a conversation with them. But fingers crossed, I would love that. That would be so dope. But we'll see. We'll see what's in the works. Okay. Well, it, and we talk about you know the uh, discourse around the W. And me and Roger were talking about um, how, at least in the NBA space, how players are marked, not marketed, but are covered. Um, and the discourse around it, we talked about Russell Westbrook and, um, you know, the early discourse around Russ about, you know, he's chasing rebounds, you're doing all these things. Um, I thought, me and Roger thought that was stupid discourse in general, but that is light work compared to the discourse that the W gets <laughs> around this idiotic discourse that the W gets. What, what do you, how do you manage that discourse when it's, a lot is not based in truth. A lot of that is like the, the common towards man, women can't dunk. Women, it ain't even a fun game to watch. But they they haven't watched the game, or they they it seems like they're trying to get talking points off. How do you manage and and decipher through that discourse? And how do you uh, maybe pay attention to it or not pay attention to it? Yeah, I really don't care when it comes to that. Like, I could care less about you telling me to get in the kitchen, make a sandwich, go dunk a basketball. Like, I can't, I don't even give that energy because I'm like, you guys don't even have, if you would just give it a chance, it would change your mind. But the mere fact that you know that, you're not going to be watching it. So I can't even give that energy because I'm just like, whatever. You guys don't know anything. If you're a real sports fan, doesn't matter the gender, you would still love the game, but. I can't stop the people from talking, but I don't. It goes in one ear and the other. <laughs> What's the coldest uh, way somebody has tried to, like, by coldest, I mean idiotic. What's the coldest way somebody tried to tell you, oh, man, let's go. I mean, I'm going to see you on the court. Like, we could we could, we could, we could, we could sh play right now. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know the whack 11 basketball line that everybody tried yeah. to use? <laughs> what What is the wildest, wackest line? <laughs> It's like the biggest thing is like I'll be in like a target or somewhere and like they'll come over and like air cross me over and be like, oh, you can't see me. And I'm like, if I was an NBA player, would you do that to me? They no. don't. That doesn't happen. That does not happen. <laughs> you would shit. You piss on yourself if you saw an NBA player. But you're going to do you think you can cross me over? Like you're crossing me over in slides. Like go get some new Nike slides. Like get oh, out of here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I bet I could post you up, Asia. <laughs> Right, it's like ah, move along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So we talked about um, we talked about Shea Serrano, and I, I I talked to him beforehand, and I told him that you were going to be on, and I asked him if he had any questions for you, and in true Shea Serrano fashion, he gives me a very long um, question to ask, and I would have just asked like the Cliff Notes version, but it's very entertaining the whole version, so. I'm going to read it in the best I can in Shay's monotone voice. He says, last year, the Aces were playing game five of the semis. It was a fucking brutal game. Both teams were just swinging sledgehammers at each other. And Asia, with the chance to go, with the chance to go to the finals on the line, went the fuck to work. She outscored the Sun by herself in the fourth quarter. Every time down the floor, she was yelling for the ball. I remember watching the last few minutes and being like, fuck yes, here it is. She made the leap. She knows that no one is fucking with her. <laughs> she knows that from here going forward, there will never be a moment in the playoffs she won't be able to handle. I always wonder if players can feel it when that is happening. So you can ask her if 
after she walked out of the arena that night, had she known everything had changed or was it something that only fans think about? Um, I would honestly have to say that's something that fans only think about because like mm. with me, every possession, my my mind is focused on just that. Like, I don't even know what happened in the last possession or what possessions that, that are going to come. So I think that's something that fans only think about. But once I start like screaming and jumping, then it's like, all right, now it's go time. It's kind of like, you know, when like Kobe bites his jersey and stuff like, like the untuck, like that's when you know it's a different ball game. So for me, it's like, once I start getting rowdy and I see my teammates getting rowdy, it like fuels me. Like, I feel like I'm just like about to take over the world. So I feel that. But when it comes to like stuff like that, I think it's more of a fan thing. <laughs> no, you, you didn't, you didn't feel like you, you, you didn't, you just knew I'm, you already knew you was cold beforehand. It wasn't like another level. Is, is that what you're saying right now? Is that was that what's going on? Pretty much. Yeah. You know? Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Respect. Um, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I was I'm still thinking about reading that over like it's it's it was hella funny because I know he thought that through. Um, but when it comes to um, this season, you know, you have, um, you know, Liz coming back, which is, you know, also one of the, the best bigs in the league, one of the best uh, front court players in the league. How do you adjust your game? I've seen you've been shooting threes a lot, you know, a little con- little mini controversy on that. You know what I'm saying? But um, how, how do you adjust your game uh, to, you know, fit a player like that? Um, oh, God. Uh, I don't even know because it might sound bad the way that I say it. But, you know, you really don't adjust to that. You just kind of mm. continue to grow your game and let the game just speak for itself. Like, I know I'm not going to look and be like, okay, Liz is coming back. I need to just shoot more threes. Like, no, that's not my mindset. That's going to be a part of my of me expanding my game and being more versatile as a whole. So for Mm me, um, the biggest thing is just continue to be consistent. Like that's all I could do. That's the best way that I can adjust my game is constantly being consistent because that way my teammates know exactly what they get out of me. And then once you know that, you know, your role, play into it and go with the flow. So for me, that's kind of how I attack. That's how I approach every single year. Honestly, it's just being consistent in my game and everything, whether that's just deeper into my bag or expanding it in the three-point line, anything. <laughs> Are we going to get three-point Asia this season? Like, is that going to happen? What's what's popping? You know, you got to watch the games and see. Like, I can't, I can't give you all the tea. Like, you feel me? Like, I can't, I can't do that to you. you I'm trying to get the tea. <laughs> I can't do it to you. You gotta, you gotta just watch the games and you'll see. She might pop up. She might be like something in a midi. So you never know. Okay, okay, all right. Because you was, you was in the scrimmage. You was like ah, ah, ah. Yeah, I was <laughs> feeling it. Yeah, he was feeling it. How, how was, how would you felt during the scrimmage? You guys had the games to get the sparks. One was a tie, I believe. What, what have you, what have you seen during um, those times? Um, you know, what have you seen about the team? What have, what have you seen? We're going to be okay. Like, we're going to be good. I think the media puts a lot of pressure on us uh, to get go because on, on paper, we look like phenomenal. <laughs> so Shay, like, I, I'm going to be real. I'm a Sparks fan. Jomi on here is a Sparks fan as well. Um, but Shay keeps trying to get me to Vegas. He's, try, he's trying. You know, he is doing, right. he is, he's trying to, like, yo, you know, you want that merch. You know what I'm saying? You know, you want that. You know, you, you know, you want to get. But <laughs> y'all are making a compelling case is all I'm saying. You guys are making a compelling case. Yeah, and, like, I just think that's what it's going to be. Like, we're going to be really good. Like, we're going to be good and we're going to be okay and just going to have fun with it. We got a lot you of are under that- Okay, Asia, you're underselling it right now, okay? You guys are an elite team and you guys should. You guys are in the, in the, in the finals. I don't care that you're in the locker room. They need to hear this, too. You guys, are, you guys are in finals contention right now. I've watched the W. I know what it is. You guys are one of those teams. You guys are like, we'll be fine. We'll be okay. Nah, bro. We already know. We know, we know how good y'all are. Like, you know how good y'all are. Why are we doing this right now? I can't give out the scout report. I don't know who's going to see this. We got to keep them under here. She, she, she capping, y'all. She knows that they, they are an elite team. She knows what it is. She, she knows. She's very much underselling. You have Liz Cambage and Asia on the same team. You know what I'm we're saying? Gonna be, we're going to be ready. When the time is right, we're going to be ready. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, but what is, um, what is, what's the injury with uh, Angel McCautry? That that sucks. Well, how's that going to affect you guys? You got like, you guys are bringing, you know, you, everyone's coming back with, with, with Plum right. and with, with, with Liz. And then you have Angel get, being that out for the season. Well, that's a tough one. Yeah. 
that was definitely a tough one. Like, you know, Angel's our big bet and it's going to be harder to be like not on the court with her because she, she scores in spurts. Like it's just, it's, it's crazy to, to me, but she's going to always be in the locker room. She's on con. She actually texted me was like, hey, hey, can you FaceTime me before the game so I can hear coach talk? And I'm like, yeah, of course. So she's always there. So it's, it was tough, but we're going to get through it. We're going to be good. We got it. We got it for her. <laughs> Okay. Is this season like what is this um it was just tough to just see that go down because she was in a I feel like at the stage of her career she was in a perfect role. All you needed her to right. do was just hit 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 jumpers, man. All you needed her right. to do was score and scoring bursts. And how are you who who I'm all right, we in the locker room right now. Who are you telling right now y'all need to step up, step your game up right now, wake your game up right now? Cause Angel's injured. Angel's injured. <laughs> I'm definitely telling Jackie Young to do that. Like it's time mm. for her to have her breakout year. It's time for her to really like, she understands now uh, what we need from her and mm. uh, the pressure's not on her anymore. Cause she's not on the ball as much. Cause she was, she was our PG and that's a lot. Like you got to think about everybody, but now that we have Chelsea Gray, we got KP back. Like now she can just play her game. And like, that's going to be the biggest, that's what, that's going to be our, that's our glue. Like Dierica's our X Factor and Jackie's our glue. So for her to get going, that's who I'm telling. Mm, okay. She, uh, tell her to listen to this pod. Tell her. Be like, <laughs> I got, don't even tell her why. Just be like, yo, I, you know, I think you should listen to the end about about 30 minutes in. You should listen to this. And I, I got I got something to tell you. You should just just sure. <laughs> <laughs> um well, before um before we get to real one of the week, I, I got to ask the most pressing question of the, the uh, podcast. It's really the most one. It's the one that's really putting you on the spot right now. Like I said before, I told all the homies because I, I was hella juice that you was coming on. I told all the homies, yo, Asia Wilson's coming on. MVP is coming on. And all of them were juice and all of them had one question, a very pressing question. Very, yeah. very pressing. <laughs> one of the candles getting restocked, Asia. What's going on? Uh, we just know that they're coming soon. Like, I don't want to say a date because y'all going to try to hold me to it. And I don't know if I can back it up. But it's coming soon. I promise, like, by the time y'all ask me again, they should already be in stock. They're going to be up. So, um. Do we need a sneakers app for these damn candles? Do we need a sneakers app for these damn candles, dog? Because, like, I, I went, to, I was trying to get a candle, but I came late. It was like an hour late and it was sold See? out. I was like, what's, what are we, what's going on? Like, what are we, what's going on? So, what am I going to need? Am I going to need a bot to get into this? What am I going to need to get a candle? What's up? I got you. I'm going to make sure my agent can drop you the link and I'll drop you the link like about 15 minutes before so you can get your, you can get your candle and be good. I'm trying to get like, my MVP candle. You. It's dope. Like, that's my favorite. But hey. Okay. I'm just saying, um, what what has that been like to, to get onto the business side, right, of, of, of doing that? Because you're someone that's in a space where, you know, you don't got to go overseas to bake bread. You, you're fine. Right. Like, you're good. What is it? What has it been like expanding your brand to that and just being uh, business savvy? How have you uh, been able to do that over the last few years? It's been a lot of fun. Like it's crazy how it can all start with just a thought. Like my parents came for Christmas and my mom saw how many candles I had. She was just like, "You can like make your own at this point." I was like, "You're right. I can. Like, let's do this." So we started doing research, and then once I tapped into it, like it's just crazy how like everyone would just. They like it. Like, I was so worried because I'm like, this is a candle. Like, you guys can't smell it. You have to literally trust me about the scent. We got to trust you. I was nervous. I was nervous. I was like, uh-oh, they might not like it. But, like, once we sold out within, like, two and a half hours, I was like, this is so crazy how the world works. Like, I just have a lot of fun with it. And I love candles, so I'm doing something that I love. So I've had a lot of fun with it. I've, like, saved my what else we money, getting? like, everything. What, what else we getting from the can? We getting what else we getting with the candles, man? We get what's the bundle packs looking like? What's what's popping? What's up? I can't. Hey, you just just wait for them to drop. I like you just gotta wait for them to drop. Like you get little. It's still, like our next collection. Fire, like fire. Uh, a a, a true businesswoman like out here building up <laughs> demand, not trying to tell nobody what's really going on, not even trying to tell nobody the true plans. You know what I mean? No, can't do that, it. Can't I, do I, it. I, all right, I guess I tried. I tried, Jomi. I tried to get the candles. You know, I tried to get it popping. You know, I tried. You know, I talked to <laughs> one of the homies was Roz Golden Wood, and we were talking about it. And she was like, <laughs> "We were talking about the candles." I'm like, "Bro, I need one. What's up? You got any plugs? What's up?" Uh, but uh, 
right. Well, I guess we'll be on the lookout for that. Um, all right. Let's get to a, a segment we like to call Real One of the Week, which is a segment that we like to do shouting out a person, an entity, or an organization that just won the week. I will go first just to lay a little blueprint, and then we're going to have the woman of the of the hour do hers. Mine is one Juan Toscano Anderson, who um, got a guaranteed deal this year and has literally been laying his life on the line for the Warriors out here getting concussions and stuff. So, you know, shout out to Juan, town legend, Oakland legend. And, um, you know, we're going to leave it at that. Uh, Asia, who is your real one of the week? Ooh, I got to go with my mom. I got to go with my mom. She's been, like, super real, like, for me this whole week because it's it's timeless. Like, training camp is ending, and, like, my anxiety, like, I'm really pumped, and she's just been, like, consistent rock for me. And, like, Mother's Day, like, she got a day to where I wasn't able to call her. She just, like, got to herself, and I was just like, that's the day that she needs. So she is my real one of the week, probably of the, my whole life, but particularly this week. <laughs> For sure, man. Well, thank you so much, Asia, for coming on. Friend of the show, come on anytime. You know, this was dope. This was dope. Um, make sure you listen to uh every listen to the real ones every Monday and Thursday. Make sure you listen to all our pods on the Ringer NBA feed. That is a uh, group chat. That is the answer. And then go uh, watch all our other stuff on Ringer Music Show, Black Girl Songbook with Town Legend, uh, Daniel Smith, and also R2C2 with Vallejo Legend, CC Sabathia. We will see y'all next Monday. Holla. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.